This episode of the Rock and a Hard Place podcast is brought to you by Tweaked Audio at tweakedaudio.com. Use the code HARDPLACE to receive a discount, 33% off exactly, of your purchase. That's tweakedaudio.com. This is the Rock and a Hard Place podcast. I sit this one out, Cap. I don't see how I can. These guys come from legend. They're basically gods. There's only one god, man. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. You don't know the power of the dark side. Let's not stand on ceremony here. And now, here are your hosts, Chris Cougar and Paul Gibson. That's right. This is the Rock in a Hard Place podcast. My name is Chris Cooner. I am a DJ with Broken FM. You can check us slash them out online at Broken dot fm uh yeah that's me this is paul hi paul hi guys how are you doing this morning what's going on <laughs> i host uh the christian rock 20 countdown in case you guys have you know never heard this show before at all then you might not know that but if you have then i'm sorry for being redundant so right there you go we uh yeah. we thrive on redundancy yes we love to be redundant redundant is good yes redundant. we love redundancies redundant <laughs> one, one of my favorite things ever was just this 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 joke that i pulled on some some poor lady uh, we were talking about pet peeves on my uh on my nightly show that i used to do back in texas and this this lady calls and she goes i hate it when people repeat themselves i said you hate it when people repeat themselves <laughs> i hate it when people repeat themselves you hate it when people repeat themselves yes it drives me nuts it does it does oh it does it does <laughs> ah! <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, it was sitting right there. Exactly. You cannot uh you, you cannot get away from that. Um hey Paul, I'm I'm noticing that um the the bed behind you is a little bit unmade. That's right, because uh the sheets are in the dryer because my parents are coming to visit and they will be occupying this room next week. So <laughs> it will probably be have sheets and blankets on it. It probably will be unmade if I have to take my guess. <laughs> my parents will be here and we will be packing like crazy. Yeah. So next week I will no longer have this desk that I'm currently using, which you guys never see because well, it's a desk. Right. Uh, but I will, because we're going to sell this. Now, a lot of people would actually probably be all over this because, uh, you know, oh shoot, what is the name of this? It's the game where it's like kind of, it's got this undersea monster with the big kind of old timey like submarine. Oh, Bioshock? Uh, Bioshock. This is a custom Bioshock 2 desk. Really? Really. Where did you get it? I made it. Oh. Because it is an ordinary kind of flat, kind of like industrial, like uh, this would be in an institution kind of just, it's basically a table. Right. Um, and then when I was working at Hollywood Video, sometimes there would be window clinks that would go unused. So oh. we had this giant Bioshock 2 window clink. Gotcha. So this desk is wrapped with a Bioshock 2 window cling. And it's kind of creepy because every now and then, depending on how the stuff on my desk is arranged, you'll see this little ghost girl kind of peeking out at you <laughs> underneath stuff. It's very cool. But it's got to be unnerving. Yeah, sometimes little. it can be. So anyway, so we're going we're gonna to liquidate the desk. And then I've got another little desk beside it that my soundboard sits on. We're going to get rid of that. And we're, I've got a folding table that I'm not getting rid of that um, all this stuff is just going to sit on until... I was going to say, how are we going to record next week if you have no desk? I'm going to sit on the floor. There you go. 
yeah. become a become a mobile. You'll you'll be kind of huddled in the corner or something. That's right. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on the floor all like uh, you know Indian style. I'm gonna break out the the patchouli and you know burn some <laughs> incense. And uh, you know next week I'll have long hair magically and it'll be in braids. Exactly. Some streaks of purple. It's all good, dude. It's That's all right. good. Flowers in my hair. Yeah. Oh my goodness! <laughs> well, we uh, we took last week off mainly because we just didn't have enough to talk about, and then of course Paul's internet started giving us some issues, and it was kind of a like whole a whole cavalcade of of problems. So we decided, you know what? I, I don't want to put out a product unless I can be proud of it, and if I can't be proud of it, I don't see the need in just kind of throwing it out there. So uh, we decided to just take last week off get back together this week, kind of regroup a little bit, and uh, hopefully we'd have some more things to talk about. And thankfully, there's been a lot of news going on between then and now. Right. So we've got plenty of stuff to be able to to chat about. And of course, we always love giving you guys our own take on the stories, whether it's a, a, ridiculous, uh, <laughs> a ridiculous news article or something that we honestly think is really, really cool. Um, so let's kind of dive in and see where things are. Uh, apparently, Emery debuted at number one on the Christian album charts. So uh, yeah. this is a press release that you got, Paul? Yeah, yeah. It's from, oh, shoot. It's from some dude named Matt. Matt Carter, uh, who I guess is, I think he's in Emery. Matt and but, Toby, uh, yes. Yes, yes, it's that Matt. Um, anyway, he sent out this email that was kind of a press release of sorts. And he says, well, I'll have to say this is the most satisfying email I've ever written because you guys, Emory's best fans and supporters, we have accomplished something incredible. Last week released our sixth full-length album, our first independent release through Bad Christian Music. The incredible thing is that this album has, by all metrics, outperformed our previous record by a traditional or proper record label. You Were Never Alone sold 9,000 copies in its first week. According to Billboard, it is the number one Christian album chart in the country, the number 31 album overall, and number six on the independent album charts. And then they didn't really bring this up, but I'll bring it up because I think it's uber cool. Uh, beating out all of the other praise and worshipers out there at number two was the new Haste the Day album. So there you go. That's just cool. <clears throat> I'm sorry. That's cool. So while I am, you know, I'm not a huge Emory fan like. I enjoy some of their songs, but I'm not just right. like all about Emery all the time. Um, I do think it's neat to see, and I think a lot of this has to do with their podcast network. Oh, I'm sure. And that, you know, that whole deal where you've got the whole bad Christian name that they have the opportunity to get out and connect with their fans in a different way than a lot of other musicians and artists are taking the time to do. Um, so you, they've got that going for them. They've got that kind of a listenership and then for them to put out the album and be able to, to market it in that way, of course, owning the label that the album is on, they can decide where to shove those funds and right. all of that kind of stuff. They've got a lot going for them in that regard. So, um, oh, yeah. it's, it's really neat to see that they are exercising this to, I believe their fullest extent. <laughs> yeah, you know, so that's kind of might my be take stupid on it. not to. I mean, well, of course, absolutely. Stupid. So yeah. we'll just we'll see how many we'll see how many uh, number one singles come off of this album. Whether it's 
you know, whether... Well, and that's just it. They didn't haven't even really released a single yet. Right. I don't even know if they're going to. And, I mean, of course, then that's their prerogative. Why would you I mean, not? Yeah, well, I don't know. I think a lot of bands just don't see the point. Like, as far as I know, I mean, some stuff has been said, like the word single has been tossed about, but still I've yet to get any singles through traditional means uh, from uh, a band in Kansas either. I mean, it's, they have a song that's getting some play that has charted, but still, I, it's not come across any of the traditional sources of, oh, here's a single. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of bands, when they go independent, they, I think, I, I don't want to put words in people's mouths, but it feels like they see the model of picking a song, pushing a song to radio and really having that be like the brand of the band for, you know, three or four months as being kind of a outdated thing or something that they don't see the value in nearly as much um because i see that happen quite a bit like especially when a band first goes independent unless they like really really have it together like somebody like um you know tfk or project 86 or maybe even to a certain degree striper um you know some of those bands just really are like they 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 are continuing on with what they have done for years but they're just doing it a little better um, but I think a lot of times with bands like Emory and, and Abandoned Kansas and a few others, they get done with that and they're like, well, that's one thing we don't have to mess with anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I don't know. So I don't get it. When, when Jeremy went uh, independent away from Goatee, Jeremy of Abandoned mm-hmm. Kansas, of course, um, you know, he called and he got some counsel from Tim, my oh. uh, co-host at Broken, on some of the ideas of how the radio side of things works, because that's one thing that artists who go independent typically have absolutely no experience dealing with the radio side of things. It doesn't make sense to them, but that's they also had people at the label that all of this did make sense to, and so it was much easier to just let them deal with it. Right, yeah. You know, to not have to worry about it. So Jeremy uh, got some counsel from Tim, and, and of course their album, like Turn It to Gold, and then um, what was the name of the EP they did? The Endless Summer Yeah, or something, something along those lines. You know, they, they got a little bit of stuff going on with it based off of that information that, that Tim was able to impart to them. Matt McDonald of The Classic Crime was kind of the same way. He sent us a single... And then I think it was like two weeks or three weeks later, he called Tim and he's like, hey, we're ready to release the next single. And Tim's like, you haven't even given this one a <laughs> chance to gain any traction. Right. So you're probably going to want to wait at least two to three months before you consider what your next single is going to be. Given an opportunity... To gain some ground, you got to let it build that momentum. You know, just because right. a song doesn't climb to number one after two weeks doesn't mean it's never going to get there. You know, right. some some songs just take a little bit longer uh, to build up that traction, to build up that momentum uh, in order to take it all the way to a number one song. And then they can stay at number one for multiple weeks. Some songs just take a little a bit row. longer. Uh, that <laughs> would be you, Paul. That traction to build up that momentum. I just really wanted to reiterate what you were saying. Yeah. I didn't want anyone to miss it. So, uh, you know, I'll just throw that out there. Uh Uh-huh. Thanks for playing the (laughs) video over top of my audio, you nitwit. Well, I just realized I wasn't in the chat room, so I tried to bring it up, and unfortunately I didn't. I have it pre-muted, which now I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do that. (laughs) I may just not be. Oh, there we go. There we go. All right. You can pop out. What I do is pop out the chat room and then close the window so I don't have to worry about anything. 
Yeah, that's probably what I'm going to do as well. But uh, finally got the browser muted. So my apologies, my friend. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was not cool. Mm-hmm. Making me mm-hmm. sound so unprofessional. Right. No, really, truthfully, I just thought you were blabbering on. So oh, is that what it was? Something. Okay. Well, let's move on to a different story. No, but honestly, in in all truthfulness, a, a lot of times, I, I agree with what you're saying, that a lot of artists don't understand the idea of of the radio side of singles and, and all of that stuff. The... Um, the the point I'm trying to get at is that since signing on with their label Bad Christian, like a band in Kansas has and Classic Crime has, we haven't really heard much from them, uh, as in the label, about the whole singles thing. So I don't know how much Matt and Toby know about the radio side of things and how to go about that aspect of things. I don't know if they've hired uh, a promoter, uh, a radio promotions person to deal with that, or if they're trying to deal with it on their own. And the, 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 the whole idea of running their business is taking up their time. But I don't know, as long as radio exists in its current state, labels and independents will need to service their music to radio. Yeah. Because that is how you get that random person who may never have heard a song by you right, to go buy your album. Yeah, I, and I totally agree. It's just, it's, it's just unfortunate. Because I, I, and it's funny because I know that a lot of times bands feel like they're being like really nice to me or like they're empowering me as a professional or something. Right. But a few things make my heart sink more than when I interview a band then afterwards I'm like, oh, by the way, uh, I hadn't really gotten a single from you guys. So was there a particular song you wanted to push? And they're like, ah, just pick something. I'm like, uh, really really yeah it's like you do realize that well see and what i think a lot of bands don't realize is when you give individuals the right to do that then you're going to end up with 20 different stations playing five different songs yes and it's it's like splitting the vote essentially because you have too much taking attention whereas if you give one song maybe only 15 of those stations will play it but still you have 15 stations playing one song right. which that will chart whereas 20 stations playing five songs won't um so i mean that's where it really comes into a big deal is that it concentrates that effort into a single thing that is enough to push it towards the top and, and exactly and i don't know you know and and now i do like it though when when bands come and they're like so we're going to release a new single here's three that we're thinking about what do you think now you tell me that that's great right that all day absolutely absolutely here's the album pick one i'm like here's the well and that's why you know we're we're very clear on our on our website when we talk about music submissions you know we say look send us a song send us one your best song that's one song. Yeah, one. That's that's exactly <laughs> right. That's what we want. We want that one song that you think is your best. This is your opportunity to sell yourself to right. everyone who's going to listen. Don't make me choose. Don't right. make me choose. Alf in the chat room says that he interviewed Jeremy on his website a few weeks ago, uh, and Jeremy's a great dude. I agree 100%. I love talking to Jeremy. He is one of the most real and authentic artists out there. I think he is never ashamed to share a struggle that he's going through. And, uh, you know, he's just plodding along in, in his Christian walk on a daily basis. And he's good with that. (laughs) So we, uh, we did an interview with Jeremy. I want to say that that interview lasted 45 minutes. I believe it's up on the, uh, on the broken FM website. 
It lasted around 45 minutes, and it was probably the most genuine, heartfelt interview I have ever had with an artist. Um, He was just, he was very real, very authentic, uh, very much just sharing, look, (laughs) you know, this is a daily walk for me as well. So uh, (laughs) here you go. This is who I am. If you like it, great. Then hopefully you enjoy my music too. If you don't like it, well, I'm sorry, but I'm a person and I make mistakes. Yeah. Oh, hang on a second. I need to uh I I have I have URLs turned off. Now let me turn them on. Okay, URLs are turned back on now. So uh you can try again. He's trying to give you the URL for the website in the chat room, but I turned off uh I had URLs <laughs> turned off. Either that or he was just very upset. Yeah, he's saying swearing sure like a sailor, whatever. <laughs> um, all right. Which, let's... by the way, uh, talking just real quick, going back to the Emory album, yeah. they're uh, on the the show this week, uh, which is I'm such a terrible person because now that I have a child, a bunch of other things have, have automatically become second. Uh, so I haven't even updated the website as to who's on the show this week. But oh, it's Emory. Um, so, <laughs> it aired last night yeah. on Broken. <laughs> right, exactly. But uh, if you. If you guys get a chance, the interview is pretty good. Just if for no other reason, we discussed the whole um, profanity thing. And and I, I didn't even know if there was profanity on the record. And it's funny because I kind of beat around the bush for a while. So I was like, is there anything new about this album that people will find different, right. unusual, odd? <laughs> and he's like, no, I mean, you know, our, our Devin, our, you know, other singer, he came back. That'll probably be the biggest thing. I'm like, oh, okay. I was like, I'm fine. I was like, I was trying to beat around the bush on this, so I'm sorry. I'm just going to come right and ask it. It's like, is there cursing on this record? Because I know you guys have the podcast, and that's, you know, you guys are kind of free on that. And, and I know you guys have reasons, and that's fine. But I was like, I just wanted to know, just for my own curiosity. He goes, oh, no. He goes, come to think of it, I didn't really even consider it. So I was like, oh, okay. But anyway, if you want to get more into that, you ought to check out the interview. So now if there's F-bombs and everything on their next album, we have Paul Gibson to blame uh, <laughs> He's for like, that. oh, I can do that. I this guess. guy <laughs> gave me the idea to curse on my album. I think I'm going to take him up on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So but, we'll give Alpha a plug. It's decentchristiantalk.com. Oh, nice. So, well, good to have you here, Alf. Um, there you go. Although, I got to say, I, I did like a Google search on you while uh, Chris was talking before I asked which website, uh, just for kicks and giggles. And the guy whose picture comes up the most, man, I, I really hope it's you, but I don't think it is. Um, <laughs> it's like black and white. It's like this dude in like uh, a rugby outfit or something. It, it's quite awesome, I got to say. Nice. So, anyway. Good deal. Yeah. Well, uh, 21 Pilots snuck in. uh, uh, Well, this is as of May 27th, so let's be clear on the dates here. uh, And took the number one spot on the Billboard 200. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's official. 21 Pilots have earned the number one spot on this week's Billboard 200 chart with their new album, Blurry Face. While officially recorded as 146,000 units under Billboard's new charting model, the placement was powered by pure album sales, as the album sold 134,000 copies in its first week. The article on Billboard highlights consistent sales have been for the band, noting uh, Vessel has sold more than 1,000 copies per week since its release, but never wow. sold more than 11,000 copies in a single frame. On average, it sold 2,000 copies per week so 21 pilots getting some love that's right all about that and they seem to be one of those bands that's like all about working hard i mean they tour constantly i mean they released at least two or three music videos before the album even 
dropped for this for this new album Blurry Face. And of course, they've they've released a bunch of singles kind of ahead of time just to let people have a taste. And man, I'm all about that. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's definitely good. We'll continue to keep an eye on Twenty One Pilots. Their music is very interesting. You know, they've they've got such a such a mixed sound that I kind of see them as being a polarizing band. You either I think you either really like them or you're really not a big fan. You don't see they're the kind of band that you wouldn't necessarily see a lot of people in the middle with. Yeah. Um kind of like uh Neon Horse or uh right. <laughs> Me Without You, those kinds yeah. of bands. You know, it's it's along those lines of you have the Uber fans and you got the people that are like uh, no thanks, not really my thing. Not a lot yeah. of people on the fence. Yeah, they're not one of those lowest common denominator kind of bands. Right, at all. totally, <laughs> totally, absolutely. Uh, uh, let's see here. B. Wright is working on some new music. Hip hop artist B. Wright has returned to the studio and is currently mixing some new tunes. Uh, these uh, would be the newest track since 2011's "How the Story Ends." Apparently, he tweeted yeah. out, in the studio today, mixing some new tunes. Feels so good. No release date scheduled yet. I'll let you know as soon as I find out. Back to work! Yeah. Sorry, I added He's the inflection those... there. Right. That, that was nice. That was nice. Yeah. Um, it sounded like somebody named Olga should be saying that. Back to work! Back to work! <laughs> <laughs> you should He's not be those... tweeting right now. You should be working. Yes. Snap the whip. Snap the whip. <laughs> Hail Hydra! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right. Geek humor there. I love it. That's it. Oh, man. But yeah, he's one of those people who I'm, I'm constantly amazed has not gotten huge. Uh, when his first single came out, um, I went and played it for my boss at the Top 40 station I was working at at the time. I was like, dude, you got to hear this. And he listened to it. He goes, oh, this is what? Oh, because the dude sings kind of like Justin Timberlake, but then right. he can rap with the best of them, too. And he goes, that's the same dude. I was like, yeah, he goes, Wow. He's going to go places. And I was like, yeah, he is. And he still hasn't. I mean, I think a, a deal with Virgin Records fell through like in the ninth hour and never came together. But I still think there's something big you yeah. know, still to come for him. He's got some chops, man. No, I I agree. I think that uh, I think the future is still bright, but uh, I think he's one of those guys. I mean, it's kind of like we're, we've been talking a lot about uh, NF and how he mm-hmm. has been doing music for a long time, but has never really gained you know any traction until now. Capitol Records yeah. came behind him, decided, you know what, we're going to take a chance on this guy. And they threw some money his way, put it out on an album. And I got to say, his album Mansion right now is probably in my top five of, uh, of favorite albums. I think yeah. it's solid all the way through. I think the lyrics make you think. And so it's it's one of those things that, to me, it's an album that's hit the right notes at the right time in order to potentially propel him onto much bigger, much better things. I think B. Wright still has that opportunity. But now he hasn't made any music really that, that's been, you know, like album-wise since 2011. So I guess the question is, what's he been doing? Has he been 
kind of disenchanted by the music thing. And these are we we probably have no idea how to answer these questions. But this is what goes through my head when I see this is going to be the first album since 2011. Has he been touring a lot on his older stuff? Has he been working a day job while he's been writing? Has he hit kind of a brick wall with some of that stuff? What's been going on that it's only now that things are coming out? Yeah, I don't know. And, and that's a that's a weird thing. I think I've seen some stuff about him playing a few shows, but I, I don't think he's really just been burning up the pavement. But at the same time, I, this is the first I had heard about him working on new music for a long time either. Right. So I have no clue what he's been doing. <laughs> yeah, no, totally, totally. Well, let me see. There's a new band out there called XXI or... I'm going to say 21 because I have no idea if that's appropriate or not. Uh, They used to be called A Feast for Kings. They just recently signed with Tooth and Nail Records, and they debuted a new single, uh, and they premiered a music video for the song Memories on Alt Press. The song is a tribute to former AFFK, A Feast for Kings, uh, vocalist Eric Gentry, who passed away last year due to an accident at his work. Fans of the band's prior material will notice a change in sound, which the band addressed by saying, we have a more melodic sound than our past material. We will most likely continue to grow in a rock direction as opposed to metalcore moving forward. Yep. There you go. There you have it. Yeah. Well, Paul, that was a big, big weird story when their lead singer died. I mean, I think that came out of nowhere for everybody and they were really starting to get some traction with a feast for Kings. And then all of a sudden this, you know, bizarre accident happens. And then it's like, okay, now what? I vaguely remember hearing about the accident, but I don't remember the details on it. So yeah. uh, mm. All right, let's take a quick break and let's hear what it is that Kirk has for us today. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. The Word is an instrumental, sacred, steel, gospel, blues, jam band, supergroup. Did you get all that? The group comprises of John Modeski, the North Mississippi All-Stars, and Robert Randolph, the famed pedal steel player. And no, I'm not talking about country pedal steel. If you're wondering who and what all this is, well, Modeski is a well-known jazz and funk keyboard player, and the North Mississippi All-Stars are a blues rock jam band that have toured with the likes of Robert Plant and Dave Matthews. Sacred Steel? Well, it's basically a worship style that was developed in the 30s in Pentecostal churches, mainly in the South. After all that, I just gotta call this good music. These guys are super talented and lay down their brand of blues gospel funk with style. On this album, they also add a few vocals on some songs, breaking things up just a little bit, but mostly, this is a top-notch instrumental album. find the word's latest album soul food at all major retailers also check out robert randolph and the family band the north mississippi all-stars and Modesky martin and wood this has been captain kirk with the other stuff 
for the Rock and the Hard Place podcast. All right. Thank you, Kirk. Appreciate that very, very much. Uh, Alf says there's a new band called Zealand with uh, some guy named Phil Joel as the lead singer. (laughs) (laughs) Some dude. He's got some hair. Some guy, you know, long, blonde, curly locks, calls himself a former news kid or something like that. I don't know. He must have been a paper boy in his former life. (laughs) Something along those lines. A newsie. Uh, no, that's awesome. I had not heard that there was a new band out there called Zealand and that, uh, that he was, uh, leading it. So my guess is that he will probably be at Rock of Ages again this year, um, because he's at Rock of Ages every year. And, uh, <laughs> you always sound so excited when you put it that way. Well, there's, there's two things I can count on happening at Rock of Ages. One is Phil Joel and the other is Christafari. There you go. So if, if. If that's what you're into, then they will always be there <laughs> forever and ever in perpetuity <laughs> <laughs> and ever. Uh, <laughs> P.O.D.'s I hope new they don't listen to this. <laughs> yeah. P.O.D.'s new album, The Awakening, is set to release this August. Uh, frontman Sonny Sandoval was interviewed on the Mike James Rock Show. And he said that August 21st was going to be the release date for the new album called The Awakening. When he was talking about the new album, he says it's a conceptual record, so it's something different for us. It has a storyline to it. Does that there make you, you happy to know that P.O.D. is doing a concept album, Paul? I don't know. I I don't know if this makes me less of a music fan for saying this, but I don't, I don't know that, that concept albums do that much for me. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes they do, but at the same time, I'm not that music listener who gets an album and busts out the lyric sheet and just follows along um, like a Disney read-along book. Right. Um, ding! Flip the page. Um, I, I don't end up doing that very much, and I probably should, but I just don't because I don't tend to have the time. So I, th- I think stylistically sometimes concept albums can be cool, but as far as like... I totally get and understand the story. I usually don't unless like I interview the band and we talk about it, in which case I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I kind of get that. But beyond that, eh, I don't really care. Yeah. I, I just want them to release some good stuff. Um, I, I like it when um, I like it when Sonny does a lot of screaming, when he does some rhythmic vocaling. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I really liked Murdered Love. Uh, mm-hmm. where, where Serpents and Angels Dance didn't do anything for me. Really, there were some good songs on there. And that would have been kind of the thing for me ever since Satellite was just kind of like, oh, there's some good tracks on there. But the album itself kind of seemed forgettable. So I'm really hoping they continue with what they left off with on Murdered Love. Because right. if they do that, I will be all in. I don't care if it's a storyline or not. I'll, I'll be in if they can recapture that. So I'm wondering, you know, when you say concept album, for me, I guess my big thing is I don't typically get the individual concepts of the album. Like I can listen to the album and, and I'm, I guess I'm too thick, but I don't, (laughs) it's like, okay, what's the common thread where, what, what, what is it that these all have in common? Cause I'm perhaps I'm, perhaps I'm a little dumb, 
but I'm not understanding it. You know, um, our local uh, our local top forty station plays uh, this little game called Unclear on the Concept, and that's every time I hear someone coming out with a concept album, I hear the jingle for that. Uh, you know, un un unclear on the concept. You know, it's like I just don't I don't get it most of the time. So I. Will I look forward to this album? Sure, because it's P.O.D. Will I be convinced that I'm going to grasp every aspect of what they're talking about and what the thread running through it's going to be? Eh, I'm probably not going to be that guy. I'm right. probably just not. I yeah. I don't know how else to explain it. Ha, did you ever listen to the Southtown uh, or the the Southtown sessions or whatever it was? No, I still have not heard it yet. I, I know I'm a terrible fan. I really am. This is my but disappointed pro, face, so. Paul. This is my I'm sorry I haven't listened to it yet face. You need to listen to it. It is fantastic. It is so, so good. So good. Go listen. Sounds good. Go listen. Really good. All right, Colors and Carousels, which used to be Skyhawk Drive. Man, there's a lot of X-Bands in this news. Yeah, there are. <sighs> Colors and Carousels featuring former Skyhawk Drive members and brothers Roland and Ridge Bingaman. Bingaman. They've released a new single and a music video for Vacations Over. You can check out the video on YouTube or pick up the singles from Bandcamp in one of the uh, Name Your Price deals. The duo says they're going to release their uh, debut full-length album titled We Made This in July. <laughs> it's funny, though. All I could hear whenever you said Bingaman, Bingaman was like the Looney Tunes Hansel. That's a- Hansel? <laughs> Hansel? <laughs> Hansel. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. When I hear Colors and Carousels, this is all I think. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of That's all I can think of. So you know, that's uh, oh, that's that. that's pretty much my uh, my take on everything in that regard. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's see here, Andy Minio. Stay with me, Minio. That's right. He has officially released a new single called "Layup," produced by Alex Medina and Ty Shane. You can check out the video on YouTube, and uh, apparently, Paul has a little clippy clip for us. Oh. That we do. Okay. That's easy buckets. <laughs> I don't know why that cracks me up. Yeah. That guy needs to finish his album. Yes. <laughs> Give it to me now. That's all. Now. <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. I want his album and I want it out now. Uh, staying in the hip hop vein, Lecrae has signed a book deal and he actually won a Billboard Music Award. Yeah, you're. Yeah, Lecrae has signed a book deal with B&H Publishing to release his upcoming book titled Unashamed in May of 2016. The press release also announced that it will precede his next major album to be released late next year. 
The phrasing major album certainly allows for the rumored Church Closed Volume 3 to be released beforehand. LeCrae commented about the book saying, I want to be honest about where I've come from and what I've learned along the way. I want to influence culture to help catalyze and inspire and help other people find understanding. If they find some inspiration and some clarity for their own lives as they follow my journey, then I will have succeeded. In other news, he also won his first Billboard Music Award last night for Best Christian Album Anomaly, which is fantastic, by the way. He was also nominated for Best Christian Artist, which he got beat out by Hillsong United. (laughs) I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? Yes, uh, yes. Although that you wasn't did. last night, I did forget to update that. But yeah, yeah it was te- technically the Billboard Music Awards were a long time ago. Right. Now, this was a while ago. Yeah. But which, by the way, I got to say, maybe this is partially, I'm sure it was because it was the middle of the night and I was up like giving a bottle to my infant um, and everything. But uh, I, I was like, man, there's not a whole lot on Hulu right now. Oh, the Billboard Music Awards are up there. I'll watch that. <laughs> I fell asleep like six times in like the first half hour. <laughs> Like, that's not a good sign. Like I said, it was like two in the morning or something ridiculous like that. So that was a factor. But still, at the same time, once I finally woke up enough to go, oh, this isn't doing anything for me. I'm going to watch something else. (laughs) (laughs) Well, apparently there are labels to be purchased. So uh, earlier this month, it was announced announced that Concord Bicycle Music. (laughs) Yeah, go figure. Purchased both Fearless Records, which is August Burns Red, Motionless in White, and Pierce the Veil, uh, and the current roster of Wind Up Records, which is Scott Stapp, and I think Creed is still on Wind Up too. Uh, everything else, and know. and possibly uh, Alter Bridge. Um, according to Billboard, the principals of both labels in the current deal, Wind Up President and CEO Ed Vetri and Fearless Records founder and President Bob Becker will remain a part of Concord with their labels and staffs for the most part intact while leveraging radio promotion, synchronization sales and back office from Concord. According to sources, uh, Concord Bicycle paid $10 million for Fearless, which has about $15 million in annual revenue including a nice merchandising business and a small publishing catalog. Another Maybe I'm dumb, but that that seems weird to me. Like, we'll buy it for 10 million. You'd make 15 million if you just stuck around for another year, but we'll buy it for 10. Right. I'm well, sure but he's going to stay on. You know, it's one of those things to me like if you're going to buy it outright and me as the president/CEO, I'm going to walk away. I have yeah. an option to pocket 10 million dollars versus the 15 that it'll make that's going to be mostly spent on company stuff yeah that's kind of what i was figuring but still it it sounds weird it does yes it it does sound weird i will grant you that 1000 percent. but that's just typically the way that the business works yeah you're uh, another purchase, BMG, has uh, announced the acquisition of the U.S.-based Rise Records, which is Memphis Mayfire, Devil Wears Prada, and Silver... Is it Silverstein or Silverstein? I don't know. They're okay. actually a mainstream band, so I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Uh, I think a, it's Silverstein, but I could be wrong. Gotcha. In a uh, reported multi-million dollar deal, the press release states that under the deal with BMG, Rise will continue to operate from its headquarters in Portland, Oregon, under the leadership of Craig Erickson. 
BMG will handle back office functions and will offer Rise Artists access to its international network. Rise currently generates around 95% of its revenue in the U.S. This also follows the purchase of Vagrant Records, Dustin Kensrew, Brooke Frazier, uh, late last year. And you can read the press release on IndivisionMusic.com. About that deal, former owner of Vagrant John Cohen said, It is impossible not to be impressed by what BMG has achieved in the U.S. since it opened in the U.S. just five short years ago by putting service to artists at the center of its offering. BMG is committed to offering a genuine alternative to traditional label deals. Together with the rest of the Vagrant team, I look forward to further growing BMG's presence in the recording business. Yeah, you're... Nothing else to say? No, I really don't. Um, I, I felt kind of stupid reading that press release when I first got it, though, because I was like, Rise Records in Port- Portland? There's a record label around here that has people that I've heard of and I didn't know about it? What? <laughs> so that was a little irritating because I'm like, great, now I'm about to move. It was just like going to the Steve Taylor concert and meeting you know, the promoter for uh, The Fish, which is kind of like the, the local K-Love, essentially. Right. Uh, maybe a little bit edgier, but not by much. And he's like, oh, by the way, I can get you to any shows you want to, while you, you know, that, that ever that we put on. I'm like, well, that wouldn't be a lot, but still, you know, you know. And I'm like, well, that's great. I'm moving in a couple of months. Yeah, oh. yeah. Oh, it's so <laughs> nice that I found this out now when I'm leaving the area. Thanks. Right. Appreciate it very much. Yeah, I love that. As a matter of fact, the only reason why I met him at the Steve Taylor show is because he's a fan of the podcast. Both he and his wife listen, so that was oh, fun. Well, that was very nice. Yeah. Very cool. I like fans. Yeah. Fans are good. Yeah. Yes, as do I, especially since he's like kind of in the industry. I'm like, he knows what he's doing and he's still listening to <laughs> us. What is this? <laughs> well, that means we're either really good or he is listening to us to know what not to do. Well, he's like a promotions director. So, I mean, we're not exactly in the same thing, but still, yes. you know, it's pretty close. But no, yeah. it's, that's still funny. I appreciate yeah. it. I appreciate every listener we have, whether you know that we don't know what we're talking about or not. <laughs> whether you know better or not, we are glad that you listen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's just the way it is. Uh, Josh Moore, former vocalist and guitarist in Beloved, is going to be releasing a solo album titled Parted Ways june 13th and paul is ready to grace us with a sound clip i have a feeling that if kurt gets a hold of this record that this will be in the other stuff i'm just guessing okay so here we go here's the clip it's uh parted ways is the name of the song that's from here we go That's all you get. But still, I mean, it's very different, especially if you actually remember the band Beloved. Yeah. Because they were like, I don't know. I mean, they were kind of a screamo band. They were a little bit more on the artsy side of it. They weren't like full on under oath or anything. But still, it, when I heard that, I was like, oh, okay. He's pulling <laughs> a, a Steven from Haste the Day. Because right after Haste the Day broke up, Steven Keach, I think is his name, yep. came out with this kind of singer songwritery country kind of influence thing. And I was like, okay. All right, sure, why not? Hey. Yeah, let's, <laughs> like uh, let's just see what happens here. 
Yeah. That's uh, funny. <laughs> well, it's kind of like Dustin when he left Thrice, too, yeah. you know, um, or when, when Thrice disbanded, I should say, uh, went on hiatus, whatever you want to call it. Thrice, when they stopped making music... Dustin did Dustin did a couple of uh, solo projects and like he's got a Christmas album out and a like a praise and worship album out. It's just very different from what you're so used to hearing with Thrice that when you hear Dustin from Thrice and then attached to this music, it, you kind of go, wait, uh, what? Really? So some people love it. Some people don't. And that's that's why there's lots of choice is true yes hey paul do you uh do you have a song blender for us today i do i do i really do let's take a quick uh let's take the rock in a hard place podcast presents the song blender oh yeah all right now see this is going to be a fun challenge for me as well because i made this song blender for last week's show and i don't remember what song it is oh goodness gracious (laughs) you gotta start writing this stuff down yeah Oh, I'm sure I'll remember it. And if not, and if you guess it and I, I don't remember, well, then that just proves that you're even better than I think you are. So, oh, Yeah, no pressure or nothing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I remember correctly when I made this, though, I'm like, this is going to be either really easy or really hard. Mm. One of the two. I, I don't think there's going to be much middle ground for that. But uh, All right. anyway, so here's the first clip. And, of course, what we do is we take a small chunk of a song that we know that Chris knows. We flip it backwards. We change the pitch on it and see how long we can watch him flop around on the dry shore. Um but yeah, he's been doing really good though. He's been doing really good. All right, so here we go. Here's the first one. That's all you get. I remember what it is now. Sounds like POD. No. Let's play it again. At the time that this album was popular, this was like the only song that I liked off of it. I have since grown to appreciate the rest of the record, but at the time I was like, that's the only song that's like heavy enough for me. All the rest of the stuff is like, Bleh. Okay, let me think about this. Can you can you play it one more time? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Man, it sounds familiar. <laughs> I wonder if Alf knows. If, Alf, if you guess it at any point, Chris will no longer look at the feed for a short time. So that if you want to throw your guess at me, you can. But right. uh, I've, anyway, I've blocked the uh, I've blocked the chat stream, so I cannot see uh, okay. the chat stream. So if he if he guesses, you can determine if he's right or not. But I won't. Okay. I won't know. All right. Sounds good. Um, you want to hear the, the yeah? So let's the take away the take off the pitch bend and let me uh, let me take a listen. All right, here we go. <laughs> We're a band by Audio Adrenaline. Yes, it is. Oh. <laughs> and of course, if you haven't figured it out, I was also half asleep when I did this, so you can't hear the 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 properly. The, forwards version because i'm I'm stupid yeah so. no that's good <laughs> chris is like yeah yeah <laughs> no that's uh no that's awesome i knew it sounded familiar but uh yeah. until you took There's... the pitch bend away that's when i that's finally what nailed it for me right so. right yes 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 and actually i will i will play it um the correct way but as soon as audition loads which it is just <laughs> about there because i'm i'm stupid i'm just stupid it's 
See, the problem is, is most of the time when I make these is right after I like wake up at like 630 in the morning. Mm -hmm. Lately, it's been a lot of, of feedings and all sorts of other stuff that makes me not a very reliable anything. Right. Um, so there is that. Uh, but anyway, so here we go. Here, here's what it sounds like forwards like it should be. Yeah, there you go. All righty. Awesome. <laughs> good deal. Good deal. But congratulations. Very, very good on that one. Thanks. Very, very good. Appreciate it. I feel like I'm missing something, though. It seems like something is short. Does something it feel like something's sh- off to you? Short? Yeah, like like I forgot something. I don't think so. You don't think I did? What would you have forgotten? Hmm. Well... Oh, there it is. Oh. Yeah, that's I was really waiting for my program to open back up because I closed it for some stupid reason. I was just stalling, but I thought it was fun to mess with you just a little bit. I'm <laughs> like, what? what's missing? I, I, I have no idea what you're talking about at all. Oh, man. Well, the band that just won't go away. It sounds so negative. I know. And so I'm totally kidding with that kind of a headline, honestly. Um, but we have heard rumors many, many times that the band Grave Robber was done. They weren't going to yeah. be making any more music. They were finito. None. None. You know, whatever the case no may more. be, gone, history, Eastwa, whatever. Zippo. Yes. But uh, apparently they are currently running an Indiegogo campaign to raise funds for a new album called Escaping the Grave. They need around $3,700 over the next, well, this says 26 days, but I'm guessing it's probably a lot fewer days since well, this was posted. I don't know posted. where that number came from, because I, well, obviously I did not write that story. I copied it uh, right. from our friends at Indivision Music, but now it's showing, like, I went to their Indiegogo campaign, and it says they're trying to get six grand, and right now they're only at 1400 so I don't know where the 36 whatever came from. 3700 not doing math. Mm. Yeah, somebody's not doing math. Gotcha. Well, they still need a lot of money over the next few days in order to meet their goal. So if you are interested, you can check them out at Indiegogo.com and, uh, you know, donate some donate some money if you want to hear some more uh, Grave Robber. So I know their their song Straight to Hell is doing okay. I mean, I don't think it's charting. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it's still there. I I want to like that band so bad, but I, I just don't. I, and it's and it's not anything against them. I, I totally. think they do what they do well. It's just the whole kind of like rockabilly horror rock thing never has done much for me. Yeah, I wish it did. It's a and specific... actually I walked past a tent at Cornerstone when they were playing. Oh, <laughs> is that right? Like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. <going. laughs> well, that's you know. I mean, we've done the interviews, and we know that they use the weird voices, and they dress up in the strange outfits, and wear you know freaky masks like they're you know, corpses that are rotting and, (laughs) and stuff, you know, I get that, that that's their thing and that's the audience they're reaching. And I certainly have nothing against that uh, aspect of ministry. I enjoy some of their stuff, but probably not as much as a lot of their hardcore fans. Um, You know, and that's, I'm, I'm glad that they are there for the people that listen to them. I really, really am. I think that it's a great ministry opportunity that, you know, we, can't grasp fully because it's just not our scene. Um, but th- it's a very strange band. Yeah. That's they're, they're, they're different. They're unique. They're unique. <laughs> they most definitely are. And if you love them, great. That's awesome. And I say more power to you 
for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in all honesty, I, I, I appreciate them for what they do. I mean, I, I feel the same way about four today. I don't get it. Yeah. I, you know, not yeah. my thing. But for those of you that love it, man, fantastic. I'm glad that there's bands like that out there for you to enjoy that speak to you where you need to be spoken to. Um, and, and just, you know, that's, that's why there's so much options out there as far as music is concerned. I hate country, but for those of you that love it and live on it, more power to you. That's what it's there for. Just don't play it when I'm around. (laughs) Remember that and we can be good friends. Spencer Chamberlain addresses some under oath reunion rumors. Apparently, he was recently interviewed by Mind Equals Blown about his new band Sleepwave and his time in Under Oath. When asked about the rumors of a reunion and how realistic that actually is, he said, the reason why a lot of rumors are coming is because next year is the 10th anniversary of Define the Great Line, which was our biggest record. I mean, I even talked to them about doing a 10-year chasing safety show. No one wanted to do it. It was too soon. Too close to the breakup. Yeah, I mean, I've talked about it. We all talk about it. We talk all the time, but it's not realistic. Like, Aaron plays drums in Paramore. I do this. Tim owns a merch company. Chris has a full-time job. It's really if the stars aligned. No one is against doing it. I'm still out here doing this. I would take a break for a month to do a full U.S. tour. I wouldn't call it a reunion. I don't think that the band would ever get back together and write music, but I could definitely see us playing some shows. I'm always open to it. And for me, if we do a 10-year of Define the Great Line, it would have to be everyone that was on board. That's the only way I would do it, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I really wish you had read that as Keanu Reeves because it was so close already. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know. I mean, uh, I wouldn't call it a reunion. I don't think yeah. that a band would ever get back together and write music. But I could definitely see us playing some shows. I'm always open to it. And for me, if we do a 10 year of Define the Great Line, it would have to be everyone that was on board. That's the only way I could do it, I think. Wow, Stallion! <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man, that was awesome. <laughs> God gave rock and roll to you. Uh, are you are you interested slash excited about the possibility of Under Oath doing anything in the future? There, Paul. I was never a big Under Oath fan, so it doesn't hit me in that space. Um, but I I don't know where you're coming from. See, I was. I was a fan of them when they were like a straight metalcore. There was no melodic anything about them. I thought that was pretty good. And then Aaron started doing some vocals, and they got a little bit more experimental. I thought that was really cool. It wasn't an album that I spun a ton. Okay. But at the same time, I was like, this is nifty. This is interesting. This is so different. I like this. And I, would, I went and saw them several shows around that time period. And then after that, I slowly lost interest. Um and I don't really know why. I, I, there were several of their albums that came out after that that I thought were really good. They weren't the albums that were really popular, though. Um, okay. I think it was their next to the last record. I don't remember what it's called, but it was the one that had like all, all the geometric shape landscape stuff. I thought that one was really good. Um, but as far as them getting back together, I, I won't be hugely disappointed if they don't. Um, I think also <laughs> it will be interesting to see how Christendom reacts to them getting back together. Mind you, a lot of their 
fans were mainstream fans before they broke up. Right. But Spencer does. I don't think considers himself a Christian anymore. I think there's maybe at least one other member who doesn't as well. And it will be interesting if they did do an actual like the band's back together, we're recording new music. I will be very curious to see how the reaction will differ between them doing that and Grandma Train getting back together to mm-hmm. record a record. And I think that it will be different um, and probably less condemning just because of the generation of people who are fans. I think that the people who are really into Grandma Train back in the day are probably a little bit more staunch and a little bit less... Uh, I'm going to say open-minded, not to say that I think that people are stupid, but because right. that's not what I'm getting at at all. But I think that, that that's kind of how it comes across as like, oh, well, you're not part of the club anymore. Not buying your stuff because it might make me sin. You know, right. <laughs> that totally. idea somehow that some people get. And I think that if Under Oath got back, got back together, I think there would be a little bit of hesitation for some for some Christian audiences. But overall, I think they would be OK with it. Yeah. So I don't know. That's just my thought. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, it's as good a thought as any, honestly. I, yeah. I don't, you know, I, I can't say one way or the other. Like I said, I was under oath was not like a seminal band for me. It wasn't one of, yeah. you know, this, um, man, this band speaks to my inner core or anything like that. There's a few songs that, that they did that I enjoyed. Um, yeah. you know, I think they were talented musicians and so I can understand yeah. why people liked them and uh enjoyed listening to them but you know other than that it just they they never really hit me uh like some other bands that i feel like i identify with better uh ever yeah. did you know so i mean it's that's my two cents worth so kudos to to them if if something does happen i'm sure that we'll keep you guys apprised of it um, you know, maybe this is a good opportunity to see what the fans of this podcast think. You know, is is Under Oath one of those bands that you really want to see get uh, back together, or you know, maybe just do a ten year reunion, uh, that kind of thing? Let us know. You can email us Rock and a Hard Place Podcast at gmail dot com. You can uh, Facebook us at uh, facebook dot com slash Rock and a Hard Place Podcast. So uh, just let us know kind of what you're thinking in those regards. Is it something that you're interested in seeing Under Oath? Uh, possibly get together and do a you know not necessarily a reunion show but just a, a like a 10 year 10 year define the great line kind of thing is that something that you would be all about or right. uh, as they say all upons <laughs> sure why not <laughs> well don't you remember from the uh, strong bad Ever since uh, I started using the ababber 2000 the girls have been all upons I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I forgot about that one. That's nice. <laughs> so, well, our final article is uh, Burnt Toast Vinyl. It's going to be releasing Scattered Fuse's first full-length LP called Sin Disease uh, on vinyl for the very first time uh, this year as it celebrates its 25th anniversary. The final release will be in July there will be some red, black, marbled test press copies still available. Uh, the album has been completely remastered. Paul, that's got to make you happy with the whole uh, vinyl fetish you have. Yeah, although so many people are doing it now, it's impossible to keep up with. It's kind of depressing. that, And, and also because we're getting ready to move to, to, to Nash, Nash Vegas or whatever. Right. Um, One more thing uh, to try and carry with you without breaking. Well, that, and I've discovered how much I really have because it's all in one place now, and I've got like eight 
boxes that are basically <laughs> like crates of vinyl. <laughs> and that's just the stuff that's in a box or a crate. There's still like a shelf that needs to get into a box. I'm just going, man, I have so much stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't want to get rid of any of it, but I got so much stuff. So, <sighs> yeah. Which, by the way, finally figured out we don't have enough money to be moved. So I get to drive a moving truck, a Penske truck from here to Nashville. <laughs> so they are not moving you guys then? Uh, well, they are giving us some moving expenses. It's just not enough. I mean, no, gotcha. it's okay. They're it's giving moving us a hefty ex- sum. Moving is expensive no matter what. So it's, yeah, it's especially big... when you're driving from one corner of the country to the other. Right. Um, because her parents, when my wife's parents moved from Abilene, Texas to Nashville, it was less than what we're going to be spending. And they had probably double the stuff. But the problem is, is that the distance was also like maybe a third, if right. not less. <laughs> so. The distance is a killer. So, I mean, it'll be okay. I think my dad's going to fly up and we're just going to like, we're going to road trip it with uh, with me, my dad, and the dog. So it, it, it will feel like a country song, I've got to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Just uh, don't play the song backwards. No. <laughs> we're moving back to Oregon from Nashville. Yeah. Ah! Well, uh, Polly, it's that time of the show where we love to hear what you have uh, been able to scour across the depths of the internet. So why don't you uh, why don't you share with us your noise trade picks? Okay, well, on noisetrade.com, there is a brand new song along with several songs from previous releases from John Foreman, and uh, you can grab this once again for free, or you can donate, which is I'm sure encouraged. Uh, but the new song is called Terminal. And I got a clip for you, so let's see what this sounds like. goodness take my money oh my goodness that's some good stuff so yeah it's off of his uh, collection called old seasons new day which is up on noisetrade.com for free and in addition to that brand new song he's also got uh, the songs moon is a magnet broken from the start southbound train and the cure for pain so it's five songs total you can grab it for free or you can donate if you please uh, but, of course, Terminal will be on uh, one of the Wonderlands projects that will come out, uh, which will have 24 songs total across, I guess, the four EPs. So good stuff. I mean, awesome. that, that kind of gets me excited. I never quite know what to think because whenever someone does something solo, it I mean, John Foreman is John Foreman. But at the same time, you always kind of wonder when someone gets too deep in their own head, right. how weird it's going to get or right. how lame sometimes. And not not the case if that's anything like the rest of it. So excited about that. Cool. And then on the complete other end of the spectrum, you can grab this for free off of SoundCloud or off of rapzilla.com. Uh, brand new Derek Minor. It's called 2AM, and I think it is dope. So here's a clip from that. Hey, they don't know how to take me. Kawhi Leonard, while the Texas, they don't know how to shake me. How I'm not parading your rules, they don't know how to play me. And I've been boss since 2010, they don't know how to fade me. <laughs> Ain't no Christian that's listening, my competition is the man in the mirror. I see as my opposition trying to be the coldest Derek Minor. My base of trouble if I blindly follow Jesus, I guess that I'm dead devil. Look, please don't call me a trap rapper. I get tired of 808s and embarrass a backpacker. Don't get along, I won't get to bragging. 
So there you go, Derek Miner with 2 a.m., which is kind of a preview to, I guess, his next release, which is coming hot on the heels of the release of his Empire album, which is very good. Nice. Um, but yeah, I dig on that. I really do. And, and it turns out that that beat um, is actually a beat from a, uh, I think is from a most deaf song. Um, okay. So it's, it's a beat that's been used before, but he makes good use of it. And it's, you know, of course, full of good thought provoking, interesting stuff. And um, just big Derek Minor fan. I like it a lot. Good deal. I love it how it's, the album is called 2 a.m. in the morning. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, 2 a.m. happens in the evening as well. I think it's meant to be that tongue in cheek kind of thing that, that, you know, people always say, oh, yeah, I was up at 2 a.m. in the morning. Right. As opposed to 2 a.m. in the evening? So, oh my goodness, that's funny. That is very funny. Well, I think that that is going to do us for this week's episode. Not a super long one, but it gets us all caught up with the goings on, the uh, the comings and goings of various artists and what is happening within the Christian rock realm. Well, rock slash hip hop slash Paul, you have something else to say. One thing I totally forgot about when we were talking about the John Foreman thing, there's also an interview with John Foreman about that upcoming project that was also on noisetrade.com for free. So oh, very cool. Grab that as well. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Good I'm done. Okay. Fantabulous. <laughs> well, we want to say thank you so much for listening to this little podcast. We appreciate it very much. And if you would like to take a larger part in what goes on here, well, then I would encourage you to go check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash R-N-A-H-P. That is uh, R-N-A-H-P. You can become a patron, help support the show. Uh, You're not paying for the show. You are supporting the show so that Paul and I can continue to do what it is that we do here uh, at the Rock and Hard Place podcast. And uh, eventually, if we can get enough supporters, then it allows us to be able to do things like giveaways and all sorts of fun things along those lines. Uh, The show, again, will always remain free, but uh, perks are one of the things that your financial support would allow us to be able to do. So uh, uh, Patreon, great thing. Also check out our sponsor, Tweaked Audio, tweakedaudio.com. Use the code HARDPLACE. Uh, You get 33% off your purchase. You get seven styles to choose from, seven different colors within those styles. Lots of great options, lifetime warranty, free shipping, all kinds of cool things, and you support us at the same time with the purchase of a pair of headphones. So it's another great thing for us to be able to uh, to, to partner with them on. Uh, email rockinahardplacepodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a review over at iTunes. We haven't had a new review in quite a while, so if you wouldn't mind taking the time, pop over to iTunes, sign into your account, Look us up and just leave a quick review about how awesome or lame you think our podcast is. We'll uh, we'll actually take either one, even though so far we've managed to pull five stars from everyone who's taken the time to write a review. It still blows my mind that that's the case. I know. Or that our check is cleared, one or the other. But yeah, still, it's, it's yeah. crazy. One of the two. One of the two. So uh, we are greatly appreciative of all of you for listening. That is definitely going to do it for us. I am Chris Cooner. And I'm Paul Gibson. And we will see you next week. 